Light the Way by Natalie Farrell. A magical companion for modern day changemakers who are ready to go all in, stir up their shit and activate the power of their intuitive voice, unapologetically owning each individual step towards reclaiming their out-of-the-ordinary soul story. For Freedy, my wizard and my soulmate, for walking the path with me. My mum, for being the most amazing support I could ever ask for in this lifetime. My dad in his cowboy boots for showing me the mystical ways of living, and my sister for answering my calling and arriving when I most needed her. Special love also to Rocket, my cockapoo, for being the best writing companion ever, and my unbound sisters for holding me so deliciously as I plunged deep to write this book. They told me not to do it, so I did it anyway. No more numbing down. No one else could make me happy. Only I could be responsible for that. When I got to the end of writing this book, the quote, they told me not to do it, so I did it anyway, landed. It landed exactly at the right time whilst driving home from the gym. I knew there and then that this one sentence summarised my approach to life. When I look back at my timeline, I realise that I have always adopted the go-all-in, unconventional attitude to life. Dedicating my heart to each project, business, audition, friend, relationship that I was honoured to be part of. Rarely did I question what would happen. I just did it anyway, even when people told me not to. I held trust in my heart and had a go. I think this is what makes life so exciting. So I've done the same in writing this book, gone all in. I know you'll believe me when I say it is from my heart that I've written every word to your heart, darling one. The past 13 years have been a magnificent mix of fuck-ups and celebrations for me, and the byproduct is one heck of a reclamation story. It is my absolute pleasure to be here with you from the other side as a soul hustler who shakes life to its core. It is beyond exciting to be sharing perspectives on how you too can light the way and adopt the soul-led approach to life. Learn from your mistakes, they said. So I made lots and lots and I welcomed them all in, shiny, dirty, dull, exuberant, as they were all parts of me wanting to be recognised. So welcome to you, all parts of you. Welcome to your very own out-of-the-ordinary soul revolution story. Perhaps you are a lost soul, a magnetic soul, a free soul, a wounded soul, a fiery soul, or perhaps you don't even know who you are anymore. Maybe you feel detached, isolated from the essence of the physical form you were born into here on planet Earth. Or perhaps like me, you are a soul hustler, a change maker, sitting on the guidelines, stuck in limbo land, knowing you want something else but have no clue on how to get it. Your intuition brought you here. Whatever type of soul you are, you have come onto this planet at the same time as me. A rush of symbiotic joy is flooding my veins right now. 
You have landed here in this space so I can light the way for you to unearth your truth and unleash your soul's desires. You're hungry, right? For new information, new ways, new connections, new collaborations. I believe it's this hunger that has led our paths to cross. And the hunger inside of you is about to activate another reason for our paths crossing, a reason that is of the highest purpose, your soul's purpose. We are meeting now at this exact moment in time so that your soul's purpose can be reawoken, realigned and reactivated. We are going to reel in all the fragmented, lost parts of your soul and bring them back into alignment so you can begin to become a co-creator moving with life rather than opposing life. I was most certainly a lost and confused soul for the greatest part of my 20s. I felt totally and utterly disconnected from myself. At points, I even experienced deep hatred towards myself. From the ages of 20 to 24, I was training to be an opera singer at the Royal Northern College of Music in Manchester, England. I felt so much pressure to fit in and be accepted that I began to sacrifice my body's essential needs. I abused myself by starving myself. I deprived my body of food and nourishment so I could stand out and be beautiful. I gave my energy to everything and everyone else but me. Four years later and two stone lighter, when I left college, this internal war continued. Who am I kidding? Fact. It got worse. Rejection after rejection from casting directors and agents left me feeling bereft, depleted. How could I show them that I was worth it? I couldn't try any harder. I was exhausted. How could I be the person they wanted me to be? Truth. Playing the victim gets you the part no one else wants. The dream of being an opera singer had turned into a living nightmare. The thought of singing actually made me feel physically sick. Each time I opened my mouth to sing, I was repulsed by the vibration created through my body by my own unique sound. A sound which had been loved and adored by so many people, moving them often to tears. Closing down shop seemed the only way. Until I was invited to sing at a concert with my singing teacher at the time, Patricia Sabin. I was one of three pupils Patricia had chosen to appear in a concert in London. Helena Blackman was the second, Jenny, whose surname I can't remember, was the third. Helena had just been on a reality TV show called How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria? She was the Maria whom Andrew Lloyd Webber kept saving and was a jolly lovely soul. We had stories to share as I'd also got down to the final 80 girls for the above show. However, I didn't get to the televised shows, having been told by John Barryman in my audition that I was very attractive looking, but not what they were looking for. Fact. Pretty girls are numbed down and discriminated against too. Jenny at that time had just joined a new vocal trio called the Marjorie Bells, founded by actress Vanessa Havel. The Bells were formed to keep her performing when she was out of professional 
casted work. Sigh of relief from the wings. I wasn't the only one being rejected. Jenny was so enthralled with her new 1940s repertoire that she shared the manuscript for Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy with us to perform at Patricia's concert. I had no idea at that time that Jenny was part of a newly formed trio who were in search of their seductive middle voice to glue the sound together. She was overjoyed mid-rehearsal when I voiced that I'd love to start my own a cappella group and sing songs from the roaring 40s to the swinging 60s. Jenny invited me to meet Vanessa. A phone call later and I was on the train going to London for an audition. And this time... I got the part. Truth, my face fitted this bill. I spent five years singing with the Marjorie Bells and performed all around London, debuting in the West End, opening TV awards, entertaining the troops at Goodwood Revival, plus appearances on TV and radio. Finally, the route to my singing career had opened. I was fulfilled. I even wrote to Vera Lynn and shared our music with her and received a handwritten reply from one of my vocal heroines. Life had evolved. My singing career was going well and I'd had so much more confidence, yet I was still bulimic and at war with myself internally. Finally, I woke up one day, stretched into my 27-year-old body and feeling a longing to know myself in a new way, to stop making myself sick both literally and physically, heal my sore open wounds and put Natalie first. As I dived deep into the bones of my anatomical makeup, I began to question many of my beliefs and realised that I had been asleep. I'd been a human doing life rather than a human living life, I'd been believing my part as the victim so much I didn't even know there were other parts available for me to play out. In search of something else. Slowly, I began to face the truths of my past. I met many soul connectors, all of whom you will meet in this book, who cracked me open and guided me to heal my wounds. They made me face deep shadows. Shadows which I had been hiding from, shadows that I had been living from, some shadows I didn't even know existed. Slowly, little by little, day by day, as I surrendered to the unknown and adopted the phase, fuck it, let's do it anyway, my soul began to awaken. I began to feel more alive as I discovered new traditions, new philosophies, new fitness regimes, new food, new countries, new wisdoms, new conversations, new questions, new people, new ways of being. The following 10 years turned out to be a beautiful cacophony of unravelling realisations. The more I faced my fears and invited in the tears, the more I accepted my imperfections. This in turn gave me the confidence to totally embody the skin I was born into. The deeper I dove into the truth of who I was and shed the layers of society's teachings, I began to embody the essence of Natalie. Finally, at the age of 33, I took my final curtain call. No more numbing down.
No more numbing down to a standing ovations for the mouse hiding constantly in the corner. No more numbing down and saying yes to everything that strangled the very essence of my being from the veins which kept me alive even when I wanted to die. No more numbing down going round and round on that carousel, working hard for somebody else's gain. No more numbing down and sacrificing my energy to toxic relationships, especially the one I had built with myself. No more numbing down. It was time to say goodbye to the self-sabotaging talk and mind-numbing jobs. No more numbing down. The time was now to stand up and say, my name is Natalie Farrell. I am a perfectionist and I have been abusing the right to be beautifully, authentically enough, just as I am. Now I am ready to let go of all I own and possess and settle into my own skin. So I did. I stepped into my vagabond shoes. I sold all that I owned and I lived with nine other housemates in rented accommodation for four years whilst I was in recovery. Recovery from myself. And society's conditioning. Releasing language patterns that weren't mine. Beliefs that I had inherited from someone else. Letting go of shame and inviting silence in to fill the space. With the strength I had within, I created my own rehabilitation program, opening up to the possibilities of the unexpected encounters within my days and months, rather than reacting anxiously to not knowing what the future had in store for me. Unearthed my truth to unleash my soul's desires. As I unraveled the knots from my past, blood red pulsating energy began to flow again. I was shedding my skin, and as I did, do you know what began to appear in its place? Feathers. Beautiful, soft feathers, holding me so I could show up every day in my naked truth as the person I was born to be, a relaxed, gentle, open, cosmic soul, a light leader prepared to open up and share in a visceral way as the fully authentic expression of self. A soul ready to step into the vagabond ways and experience the unconventional approach to life and business. Taking both my feminine and masculine along for the ride while remaining devoted to the vow to myself to keep them in conversation with each other, holding space for others in a balanced manner, it took guts and determination, but after those 13 years of self-discovery, I had unleashed a wild bundle of sensations inside of me. Through sweat, tears, hard work, patience and super soul fueled self-love strategies, I alchemized into a burning furnace of a universe called Natalie Farrell. As I invited myself to fiercely love the person I was born to be, I found it was easier to embrace my imperfections. Over time, I honoured each aspect of me in a graceful way, which in turn opened a portal, allowing me to divinely surrender to myself.
I was finally swimming with my soul and I accepted that I am a force of nature. I always have been. I always will be. Let your soul fuel the way. Now having just turned 40, I firmly stand grounded and risen in my power decade. There is no more numbing down. I am fully owning who I am and embodying my divine feminine and divine masculine energy. My divine feminine likes to show up as a juicy combo of seductive priestess and creatrix, dressed up, frayed glam style. My divine masculine likes to show up more subtly as a wise soul with a combo of ancient intelligence and sensitive teachings, letting his roaring presence be felt dressed in high heels and tight jeans. It's the roaring twenties, right? Let's mix it up, get fluid in our views. Reclaiming these parts of myself allowed me to go all in, honouring my soul's desires, purpose and plan to write this magical companion for soul hustlers waking up across the globe. Every page and practice ignited, tried and tested by my years of healing others and taking them over the caterpillar threshold and through the gateway to butterflydom. And I want this for you too, darling one. I want you to show up here fully naked in your truth. That's why I'm starting this conversation, your conversation, by asking you the following questions to rustle your soul-hustling feathers. Are you ready to leave your stuff behind? Are you ready to step into those vagabond ways for a short while as you whirl into the world of the unknown? Are you ready right now to shower yourself in this self-healing void? Whether you answered yes, 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 or no, 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 fuck it. Let's get this soul revolution started. Hello beauties, I'm back. We're back together. How does that feel? Episode eight of season two of Light the Way. Mmm, delicious. A soul in sync with its power can change the world one heartbeat at a time. Being back together, being totally together with oneself. Ah. You know, that's good. That is so, so good. But I'm really, really going to get into a juicy story that I have never shared before. And the reason being is this week I have, for some reason or another, gone back into my Unbound Mastermind group. Now, this is the collective group that I wrote um, my in a circle when I was writing my book. So I was in the Unbound Mastermind and I have access to it forevermore, which I'm so truly grateful for to Nicole Humber, my soul sister and publisher. And something miraculous happened. Now something, you'll hear me say this again and again, but something totally and utterly always happens when a, a collective comes together, gets together, the collective sharing, the co-creation, the co-sharing, 
And I was like, ah, at what point are you meeting me today? At what point are you picking up my book and the book, Light the Way? What point are you at when you come and find my work? And it is a point very, very often of, of desperation. It is a point of packing the suitcase and leaving and not having anywhere to go. It is at the point where many women come to me of pure, utter, not being in sync, but not even knowing who they are anymore. Whew. So if you are at that point, know that you have come into a safe space, a safe house, a held space. And the story I wish to share with you is one that in society could be labelled with, you know, white jacket, straight jacket, kind of come and they're coming to take me away. Ha 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 ha. So I'm going to go back, going to go back to um, really nearly 10 years ago. And I had found my perfect partner. We're just about to move into the perfect house. We were just discussing about having children. Everything was there. No. No, no, no. It's before that. I'm just I'm just being guided to go, no, this this is it's before that. It's before that. This story happens before that. That was the point at which we broke up. But how many times do you go back? How many times do you go back to try again? Now, I went back many, many times before that point of finally leaving and finally flinging my engagement ring across the floor in pure desperate, like pure desperation. And with tears, of course, of course. Um, so, yeah, before that, before that, like visiting the at, the, at that point, obviously it was trauma, but for me it was, it's not trauma anymore. But for you, you know, just, just really take, um, you know, take time when you're listening to what I'm, what I'm saying, because there may be trauma that's triggered for you within this, within this story. So we were, I was in a relationship that I really felt that I needed to work at and that, we were not having good sex. We actually were really not having sex. Um, we'd found a way. We'd found a way to connect um, through blowjobs and through, yeah, that was it really. <laughs> um, but I remember totally and utterly giving away my power um, by saying to him, no, 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 it's all to do with me. It's all to do with me. When he would bring it up, I would get so upset 
and the feelings inside of me would be, you know, unworthy. And I'd also say, but hang on a minute, this has never been a problem before. Like, what's the missing link? You know, like I had people running after me um, and and actually, you know, enjoying me and enjoying my body and, you know, that union. So what was it? Well, I took responsibility, you know, I took responsibility in that blame game. Um, and I was going to change. If I could change, then our sex would get better. It didn't, of course. Um, in actual fact, uh, yeah, <laughs> a story for another time. But and, and, until I really got myself fully out of this relationship was when my body could fully understand how to be nourished and cherished and how to fully enjoy pleasure so the story it's a real story because it happened but it is a story and it's part of my story and it's important to always know that when we when we move into that glowing stage when we make the decision to really really take responsibility for ourselves and move on and move forward and move through the pain you know um seeing the pain hearing the pain talking to the pain when we move through it and we come to the come to the other side um and get to that glow stage um that we are no longer victims of of the story so this particular day, my then boyfriend um, was going to work. Now, this was a regular occurrence, uh, Monday to Friday. I was working as well um, at the voice experience. You know, I was had my own um, singing school and uh, lots of responsibility in that sense. And one of these conversations decided to come up, you know, like they decide to come up right at that moment where you just don't even expect it. Like, I don't even know what was said. But all I remember is being in the corner, rocking, constantly rocking forward and back with absolute hilarity of crying, desperation, begging, begging him not to leave. Not to leave for work, but not to leave me. Don't leave me. I've got a little stomach gurgle there as I'm sharing this, this story for the first time ever publicly. Don't leave me. But of course, for him, like what, what, what do you do with somebody that is normally kind of happy-go-lucky, you know, Audrey Hepburn style, to this shriveling, shivering wreck. Because that's the point I let myself get to. Because even then, I still went back. Even then, even though within the deep constructure of, uh, construction of my intelligence I knew leaving was better I still stayed and he still offered and allowed that capacity for me to stay for us to stay together 
I actually don't know what happened after that. Of course, it, it, it dispersed and I would have gone to work. He would have gone to work. We would have made up. Not with sex. No makeup sex. No. Cuddles. Yeah, we were good at cuddling, but that's not enough. That most certainly isn't enough. All of our bodies are worth this deep, deep honouring, this connection, this union, as we make love together. But no, there was there was none of there was none of that. Maybe a glass of champagne and a nice M and S dinner. We used to have our dinners on Friday um, together at the end of the week. So the the. Why? Why do we go back? Mm. Now, this question was asked to me um, by Anita Anita Goyle when I was on her Relight Your Fire podcast when we were talking about unlocking um, the power of your femininity. And there's no clear answer. Um, so, sorry. <laughs> but there is no clear answer. But there's that word trying, so we, we try again because, you know, we think we can fix it or we think we can fix somebody else and we get stuck in, 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 a, in, a, in our own drama triangles. So we have the victim, the prosecutor and the rescuer. You know, we get, can get stuck in, in those, but also um, it's easier. In many ways, it's easier to go back. Because going back means we don't need to make that very, very shit scary leap into the void. And this is what episode nine is going to be about leaping into the void. So I send huge love to you if, if this story has, has resonated on a very, very deep shadow level. Um, no one said it was going to be easy. And if you are reading Light the Way, um, the first few chapters take you take you through the you know the wake up calls um, for you to get into that glow uh, and that glory space. But also, I'd like you. I hope that you can take away that you know that you are not alone. And when we start talking, and when we hear um, when we hear stories like this, we realise ah, in actual fact. Ah, someone else is going through that as well. And there may be somebody that I can begin to open up to, to talk to. It's an incredible starting point. But talk to yourself. Listen in, because the wise woman is in there somewhere. And as I said, 10 years ago, I was flinging that engagement ring across the floor but there was so much release in that because I then knew I had taken back. I was fully into the empowerment then of I know that leaving is the best decision and I am no way coming back. The only way is forward. And I needed, I needed those situations to keep reflecting back to myself what I was deserving, that I was deserving more. And to be at this place now, placing my hand on my heart and knowing that I am worthy without question. 
And let's just finish today. If you can, place your hand on your heart and connect in. A practice that's so simple, but really is so poignant. And sending love, sending love out to you, all of you. Sending love to all of our ancestors. Because the time is now. The time is now to heal this within our own female lineage so that the ancestors can also be free because they didn't know how to free themselves. But we can. We have the opportunity today to start. Inhaling nice and deeply through the nose and then exhaling. And this message keep com keeps coming through for me, which is we are... We have no other choice that we are doing it to release the binds of the of the of the mothers before the grandmothers, the ancestors, the wise women before. So that not just our children and the future generations can can be can be freer. But so that the more and more of this feminine and masculine energy can combine together. You know, like the strands of the DNA can be reconnected. Mm, delicious. Thank you so much for tuning in until episode eight.